Hey, how are you? I'm good. I feel like that was really loud, like, yell on my part, right? <laughs> You're good. Like, it's been so long. I'm so good. How are you, babe? I'm good. Wait, did I already ask that? Is this, like, one of those rings where it's, like, one time I was, like, serving tables in college saw this girl, and she, like, greeted her table, and she was like, hey, how are you guys doing? Table was like, oh, we're doing good. How are you? She's like, how are you? And I just watched her, like, go through this circle. <laughs> I'm awkward like that, too. I'm like, oh, you're good. How are you doing? Yeah. And I answer for him, so it's all good. Yeah. Hey! And everybody, welcome to the Harlot Society podcast, a place to discover your inner bitch and the community that's going to guide you there. We have a little bit of feedback. I'm not quite sure. Okay, it's gone. <laughs> not quite sure what. But I'm going to turn it over to you, my dear, to introduce this. No, we do have feedback. But to introduce this week's topic. Yeah, so we're going to go. Um, we kind of did a touch on a little bit of astrology before. So now we're going to go into it a little bit more in depth. Yeah, absolutely. I'm so excited. Me too. And everybody knows who listens to the podcast. That is definitely like our studious like preparer. So I'm gonna I'm gonna open the stage. That's like such an awkward thing to say. But I'm gonna open the stage for you for anything that you feel really called to speak about. And as always I do feel called to set that anything that we talk about in this podcast today really reaches anybody who needs to hear it and that we're conduits and channels for spirit so I'm going to put that intention yeah so um when I decided to really start looking at astrology I was like well I think the best place for me to start is just at my own natal chart um (laughs) that way I get more in-depth information yeah absolutely so I just kind of went through my natal chart and started looking at some things. Um, and then kind of went from there, maybe, I guess. <laughs> so I think the first thing I learned is that the sun rules your personality where the moon rules your emotions. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I think that, like, that really resonates with me. And that, like, it explains why we look to the moon especially at night not only because the moon's only there at night but you know we have those emotional longings yeah really that are at night because it's dark and lonely and you know a lot of us really turn to the moon so that's kind of where I made that connection I was like okay that makes sense yeah absolutely and (laughs) sorry my girlfriend is like in and out of everything (laughs) 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 she's getting prepared but yeah it's definitely something where I feel like it's been so misdiagnosed and misunderstood, especially in Western culture, where it's it's been this kind of like mark marketed, like capitalized thing where people feel like astrology is like, you know, like that one blurb, you know, in the horoscope section that lumps everybody into their sun sign and is it trying to sell you on some bit of misfortune or fortune. Yeah, I totally agree with that. Um, I mean, I guess I was lumped into that myself until I really started looking at the nature. Yeah. Yeah. Um, So 
when I started looking, obviously, well, not obviously, but my son is in uh, Leo. Oh, okay. That makes sense. Um, and so I was like, all right, well, let's see. You know, there's a lot of things that Le- with Leo that I just don't resonate with. And I'm like, no, that's totally not me. That's totally the opposite. Yeah. But then when I started looking in depth, I was like, ah, okay, well, maybe more so than I thought. Yeah. <laughs> and that's a really important thing for the natal chart. So for all of our listeners out there, um, you can get a pretty damn good natal chart by going to cafeastrology.com. It's really important that you know your uh, place of birth and your exact time of birth because uh, the moon and Mercury specifically move pretty quickly, especially the moon. So because the moon is one of the like trinity of the three most important signs. So it's like your sun sign, your moon, and then your rising. And your rising is where the sun is currently like coming up at the t- like time and place you were born. So um, one, one way I like to look at all three is it's like our sun is our core essence. Our moon is our emotional body or our emotional truth. And then our rising is our presentation either to the world or how the world sees us. And this, okay. Yeah, and this is why it's really funny because I'm a Pisces sun. I'm actually the last degree of the Zodiac before the whole fucking thing starts over. Um, and then my moon is in time out in Capricorn under Saturn's rule. Like my moon is like the Eeyore of astrology. <laughs> it, it's like the exact opposite place of where it wants to be in Cancer, which is ruled by the moon. Um, but then I have a Virgo rising. And Virgo energy is like the perfectionist energy. Um, and it makes a lot of sense. Because I really mean, I, I have one little perfectionist like circle in my life in a sea of chaos, but yeah. it's, it's how I present myself to the world. Like I have shit under control and I don't, not at all. <laughs> <laughs> you know. It, yeah. So getting back on track, ADHD, yeah, cafeastrology.com is a really great way to do your natal chart and it takes into consideration all of the energies of the planets, not your sun sign yeah and if like for me i liked one that was a little bit more simple so i used just astrology things and that one it just seemed to be like a little more user-friendly if you don't quite know what you're looking for yeah and there was a lot more information in the reading you know like you can tell it's just designed for somebody who's like i don't know sounds good let's do this (laughs) 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 okay what what's that one um just astrology things just astrology things all right so note to self i will put a link to just astrology things and cafe astrology in the comments to the podcast (laughs) so (laughs) let's see my with being a leo you know they like you're supposed to be strong-willed like to be the center of attention and i'm like so the opposite yeah of wanting to be the center of attention i hate when people like try to put me in that spotlight I'm more of a get things done behind the scenes kind of person but then I started reading and I'm like okay so they're strong-willed they're warm they're ambitious you know they they have that get things done kind of attitude just take charge and and do shit I'm like I that's totally me that that is your essence I mean um for people who didn't listen to the episode where we kind of talked about the origination of the podcast it definitely was Kat who reached out to me 
So that's her Leo's son, Essence. <laughs> and then my Pisces son is like swimming in the ephemeral void, like wouldn't ground if I didn't have to. <laughs> well, you know, I think we're all in that same boat. Like, yeah. Grounding to me is like time out. Yeah. <laughs> Even though it's not, that's it so is. Like, like, <laughs> <laughs> well, okay, maybe not time out reality. It's, it's, yeah. a, it's a reality check. But yeah, yeah, it is what it is. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, what's your moon and your rising? So my moon is Virgo. Oh, okay. And then rising is <laughs> that also Gemini. Makes sense. Oh my gosh, that's so cool. That's so cool. So, um, like, I want to, I want to delve into like how you interpret it. Um, but first, sorry, my other roommate. So. <laughs> We've had dog peeing problems. Oh, wow. I've had dog pooping <laughs> problems. So we're all in the same boat. Yeah. <laughs> um, so just from what I know about you, that Leo son, that I, I think of it very much as like Gryffindor energy. Leo. Yeah, you I know what I mean? That. Yeah. And then um, your Virgo moon. It makes a lot of sense. Like anyone who's listened to the podcast understands that Kat is very deliberate and very um, intentional when it comes to her emotional processing and her spiritual development and things like that. That definitely falls in line with the archetype of Virgo. Um, Virgo is really, really good at classifying, at organizing, at making sense of the the random shit. I honestly feel a little bit like um, Virgo and Saturn have, like, a love affair going on. You know what I mean? I can see that. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. Um, And then the Gemini rising. So, Kat, one thing I was talking to my girlfriend about, because my girlfriend, she's right here. Hi, Salem. Hi. (laughs) She's right here. Um, She listened to so many of the podcasts today, and it was really, really affirming. And she's so excited to meet you, Kat, by the way. She's like, oh, she sounds so awesome. (laughs) But, like, one thing I was talking, yeah, one thing I was talking to her about is how great you are at being affirming and bridging a divide of like different cultures. You know what I mean? Cause you and I come from different cultures, right? But you have such an affirming way of like holding that balance. And I definitely see that presentation of Gemini, which Gemini for people who don't understand, it's the twin energy. So it's, it's like the columned energy holding space. Another really cool thing about Gemini is Gemini comes into the actual Zodiac, I think midsummer, I think the solstice or or is it the solstice is like midsummer. Um, And so I was listening to this really great podcast. Um, His name is Achutabhava. And he talks about how Gemini kind of marks this space in the zodiacal I made that word up, but like the Zodiac calendar where it goes from like, like we have this presentation of the sun expanding into summer and then all of a sudden the days start to shorten into winter and it's actually in the sun sign of Gemini that that happens. So I feel like you're at this brink of an eclipse almost of really holding space. Anyway, that makes sense. Yeah. How do you interpret that? So. I'm not really sure. Like I went a little bit more literal and just tried to kind of keep like pick out my uh, attributes. Is that the word I want to use that like I can resonate with? So like in all my research, you know, Virgo is supposed to obviously moon and then Virgo. Yeah, that. Um, So we're talking about moods and emotions. 
And um, Virgo seems to really like structure. Maybe they don't create the structure well, but they crave the structure. Yeah. And I can definitely, yeah, that's me. Um, there's a lot of servitude. Like, I feel like uh, Virgo seems to be somebody who really wants to serve, serve, serve. Yeah. Um, and they, like, to an extent where it's, like, an emotional need to be a servant type. Yeah, um, to, to be of service, to be, like, needed. And, yeah, it's definitely an aspect of my perfectionism, for sure. Um, as they, a rising, yeah. Yeah, and it's, like, they are easily overwhelmed, which I can, like, I'm a doer. Like, I get shit done, but then at the same time, I'm a little bit easily overwhelmed. And I just have to, I've learned really well to compartmentalize, like, you know, what fire do you put out first kind of thing. Yeah. But that was something I had to really focus on doing and like, which crisis do I take care of first? Yeah. Um, so that was something to, to overcome. And then they like to be behind the scenes, which I definitely, I kind of just went through and picked out. I was like, yeah, that's me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I don't remember. I didn't write it down. Um, let's see. I am in the, let's see, the fourth house, and it's like 6.4 degrees, and for some reason, I wrote down, it's the worst position for a lunar Virgo. <laughs> <laughs> so, if anybody wants Dalen's to do that. And, and share that, I, I'd be interested to know. Hey, you know what, though? I think it's uh, it's probably really motivating to people that you and I have the worst lunar... <laughs> <laughs> like I I think I'm something like six degrees Capricorn or something <laughs> yeah. six or 13 degrees and then yeah so we're definitely not in like ultimate like ease of astrological moon placements but that could say something to um how beneficial it is to use what you would view as some kind of detriment to your empowerment because like look at us like look at our podcast you know yeah oh I I totally agree and I think maybe like the way I wrote it maybe it was the worst position for a Virgo (laughs) for a lunar Virgo is to be without a routine so maybe that's what I was trying to say (laughs) like I have to have a routine which is true like let me tell you guys I'm so not an adult like (laughs) so you know when you (laughs) You get an antibiotic, and on the bottle, it says, finish all medication. Yeah. Listen, I'm good for, like, five days. Ten days, it's not happening. (laughs) If I miss one dose, I'm never taking that antibiotic again ever in my life. (laughs) If I break that routine for, like, five seconds, I'm done. Like, there is no more routine. I'm over. And so, that's probably what I meant by that. And, like, that, that had to have been because I am... I'm a stickler for a routine, but once it's broken, you can kiss that baby goodbye because it's, yeah. it's never coming back. You know, that that makes a lot of sense because I really resonate with, like, my Virgo rising in that way. Like, you're teaching me about myself where it's like, holy fuck, I've learned that the best thing I can do for starting a habit is not to start it. Like, yeah. bit, in my Virgo mind, because, like, I'll get over and above excited mm-hmm. and then I'll fuck it up. And yep. then. And then my perfectionist side is like, no, you can never return to, like, yes. I have to yes. trick myself into fucking new ways of doing things that 
functionally optimal in the past. Like I'm looking at my planner for magical 2022. Really amazing. Amy Cesari. I've talked about this in the past. I got the new one. Um, I had to, so I had a really great planner and I just, I missed out on a year and then I tried to guilt myself into doing it the next year. And like, by the time I realized I'm like, this is on my list of things that I will avoid next to death. I'm yeah. like, I have to find <laughs> a new way to, because I loved having a planner in college. Uh-huh. You know what I mean? But I definitely resonate with what you're saying where it's like, oh, I miss one fucking day. Yep. Just from, <laughs> so that's definitely like a Virgo attribute. One yeah. thing, yeah. One thing I, I thought would be really cool is um, kind of to go over um, some. Uh, well, I think it would be cool to kind of start with the moon. So I have a, a couple of sentences for each of the zodiac signs. Yeah. The moon energy, if that's okay, I kind of just go over it. Yeah. Okay. So we're starting off, and this is for everybody. This is moon. And I honestly think, like, for women, um, the moon is probably your most important sign. Um, So we have Aries. Aries moon is a desire to start fresh energy for starting short-term projects, not the best time for long-term planning. So this is, like, when the moon is in that that area. So Taurus. Taurus is a sign of home, comfort, decor, and finances. It's ruled by Venus, an optimal moon sign for starting long-term projects. Uh, Gemini is a time for thinking, learning, reading, pursuing curiosities and interests, doing mental activities, and talking to fascinating people. So Gemini is also ruled by Mercury, which is one of our air signs. So then we move into Cancer, uh, an auspicious time to be at home, reflect, and get in touch with your feelings, a time to focus on family and love. So my best friend, Elizabeth, she's a Cancer son. And if you know Cancer son people, they're like the... They, they really do have this essence of like Mama Gaia, I feel like. They're, they're the most empathic of the water signs. Okay. So yeah, we move into Leo, the sign of the self and creativity, a magical time to get in touch with your own intuition and listen for what your heart truly desires. We move into Virgo Moon, organization, efficient habits, and health. The best time to start a routine and positive habit, organize, get on schedule, or tidy things up. Libra is the sign of diplomacy, balance, and visual appeal. A good time to work on relationships, find balance, and socialize. Then we move into, I'm a Pisces, but my favorite water sign is Scorpio, actually. I feel it's it like it's like the Lilith of the water signs. It like comes crawling up out of the moon card in the tarot. And it's a good time to find, <laughs> there's like quotes around this, and this is Amy Cesari for anybody who's curious. A good time to find motivation, harness your own power, take control, and rid yourself of things that no serve you. So Scorpio is, um, is ruled by Pluto. Pluto is an excellent planet on just like breaking down whatever needs to be broken down in order to release whatever's new. So I heard something, side note, that I thought was really cool. It's like if Neptune dissolves and Uranus breaks, then Pluto destroys and reincarnates. And I was, and I always thought that was really cool. Yeah. Yeah. So we we move into Sagittarius, the sign of truth and visions. This is an auspicious time to make long-term plans, think big, use your imagination and visualize a positive future. 
We have Capricorn, a time to focus on career, business structure, careful use of resources, and practical achievement. So Capricorn's ruled by Saturn. Saturn is the time lord of like things materializing in like our third dimensional reality. And this is why last year we had three really big dates astrologically. That was Uranus coming in and Uranus rules Aquarius, the sign of esoterica, free thinking, and personal freedom. A good time to expand your mind and find new unexpected ideas and solutions like Uranus will break through whatever Saturn has in order to like bring what's new. So anyone who's listening to this, I think it'd be beneficial to go back into your 2021 and look at the dates, February 18th, June 14th and December 24th, because those were the three biggest astrological dates we had last year that were a a Saturn Uranus square. So astrologically speaking, this is the energy of like Saturn culminating and then Uranus breaking through. Okay. Yeah. We'll have to put those in the notes. Yeah, absolutely. And then the last sign, I know I'm going through this really fast, but the last sign is Pisces. Hey, the sign of dreaming, psychic awareness and intuition, uh, intuition, an auspicious time for divination, reflection, mystical pursuits and retreating into nature or water. Or just, like, hiding from life, I feel like, is my Pisces son. Yeah, I could see that. Yeah. So, anyway. (laughs) Made it through that. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Yeah. So, let's see. I think, which I know a lot of this, some of it we touched on last time. But, um, so the northern node, or north node. Yeah. um, That seems to be, like everything I found refers to it as like your true north or like your northern yeah. star. Yeah. Okay. And then the Lilith seems to be like you're like being in control or like a lot of people refer to it as your inner bitch. Yeah. Um, it, so. it, yeah. Yeah, I, I definitely see. So South and North Node, uh, astrologically speaking. So the South Node is energy that you have accumulated in abundant supply and you don't really need to focus on spiritually in order to ascend. Essentially, that's like what it is. So my South, south Node is in Leo. North Node is like where your spiritual vision is pointing to whether you believe in like past life incarnation or whatever you know what I mean but north node can really direct you in the sense of like attributes and energetic um energetic not rehabilitations (laughs) but energetic goals and things like that that will really help you um, move past the plateau and connect more with your like spiritually divine countenance whatever that is whether it's like the goddess or god or jesus or buddha or whatever that is so, okay so my north node is aquarius mine is too okay so what does that translate to so aquarius is an incredibly beautiful sign for breaking through okay. and um aquarius is the water bearer it's the sign of free thinking of being completely outside of the box so i i really feel like where pluto can do like pluto and scorpio can do a lot of like energetic clearing as far as like bulldozing out mm-hmm. what 
needs to be cleared. I feel like Aquarius is really the architect thinker in the energy for bringing in new earth. Okay, that makes sense. Yeah. And then my south node is Sagittarius. Yeah. Yeah, it's another fire sign for you. So Sagittarius is really like free living. It's it's beautiful. It's the archer. Um, Sagittarius is the one to like go and discover new horizons and to travel and to be pretty like uncommitted when it comes to its adventuring. And so I feel like with your your North Node being in Aquarius, it almost makes sense that you have kids and things like that to kind of calm the Sagittarius South Node in order to help you focus on the Aquarian North Node. And it's like, because I feel like maybe like your kids help you ground yeah, um, as opposed to you just being like, fuck it. Like I could totally see you going to Paris you know, or just being like, <laughs> peace out. Like, I'm over this shit. I'm going to go ride wild horses in the, you know, the French countryside or something like that. Right. <laughs> <laughs> you know, but, um, and maybe I'm like speaking, you know, like, uh, like, but I, I tell me, tell me if it resonates, but I definitely feel like with your Aquarian North Node, there's something very spiritually divine for you to help break through old paradigms and I know that you do that with this podcast I know that you do it like like working with you you know what I mean you're you're such a channel for change for love and for breakthrough yeah Yeah. I think that um definitely plays a big role in my life like yeah so uh, you know you're slightly familiar with just a lot of the things that have been going on lately and yeah um instead of taking all the bad and letting it get to me. I mean, and there's days where, I mean, it's so overwhelming. There's just so much going on in different aspects of things. Um, And instead of taking that and letting it get overwhelming and just getting in that dark place, I have really used it as a teaching point for myself and used it to grow some relationships, um, to set boundaries and to allow myself to heal from old things and, and to allow it to answer a lot of questions. So with all the things going on in my life recently, I discovered that my mother is a narcissist mm. and like super covert, but major narcissist. Yeah. And I'm, I would feel like my whole childhood is not a facade, but there's there's a lot of things that like now click and make sense yeah but as a kid it didn't and like so now I question a lot of things about my childhood and how I was raised and just a lot of things are now making sense and I still have a lot of questions like my mother has so her goal um just because I feel like I can talk to everybody my mother wants to see me in prison and has made some allegations up like I went in her house and stole um, a title for a vehicle and forged her name and like all these just crazy allegations it's fucked up dude and I I struggled so long I was like but like as kids we were raised not to lie how can she lie and she's lied on so many court documents and it's not even funny because now she just looks like an idiot but 
it's mm-hmm. like I struggled so long with how can she lie? How how can she do that? And like why? And asking these questions. And now I still ask those things and still don't understand. No. But because I'm so open, it has led me to look and use these as a as a teaching point, you know, and and use it as like I said to set boundaries. So it's unfortunate, but I just, at this point, I don't have a mother anymore. You know, she is yeah. there for me. Um, but instead of being jaded about it or yeah. mad or angry or whatever, like, I'm, I'm at peace with that decision. Yeah. So, yeah, I think that really plays into that where because of my spirituality and, of course, we live in like the small Southern Baptist community and everybody's like, let it go and give it to God. And I'm like, I'm going to let it go and give it to the universe. And <laughs> you're I'm, like, fuck off. Dude. Yeah. You know, I'm like, well, I'm, you know how I am. So I just like entertain people and I'm like, yeah, yeah. Okay. You know, smile and wave and go on with my life. But some of their teachings, I guess, resonate with me in a different way yeah I have a good friend who they're very 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 southern baptist and he was telling me today like you just gotta let go and give it to god and like as he says this I'm like in the back of my head rolling my eyes but I'm like you know what you're right you just gotta let it go and give it to the universe and the universe will give you answers they may not be the answers you are looking for but they are the answers that you ultimately need yeah it's definitely something um and i feel really called so i hope this is okay so my girlfriend salem salem she grew up in um a pentecostal cult Uh Um, and the way that she escaped that like she's incredibly spiritual but if it's okay i would really really love to kind of open up the conversation to have her kind of connect with you on this because like everything you're you're saying like falls straight in line with this like this is what she went through with her father like especially especially since like this is something where it's it is demeaning for people to be like oh let it up and give it to god when it's like hey but the church is supporting this shit you know and not necessarily in in like this sense with you and i definitely love what you're saying where it's like you know what give it to the universe because you are always protected but I definitely I I would love to hear Salem's like um are you okay with that babe yeah absolutely okay okay yeah 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 as long as you're cool with it hi I'm Salem (laughs) hey hey um but yeah churches um are like notorious for that you know they say they love God and all, but they cast so much hate on people. And they, and at the same time, they harbor in people that end up being rapists or just narcissists or just people that are toxic to everyone in their lives. Like there's so many church people in those small churches that literally, if you don't believe what they believe, they're looking down on you. They're treating you different. They're, you know, they're only about themselves. And it's such a, like a judgmental way to live. It's such a closed off way to live. And really, it's like they lose their focus on the whole divine to begin with. Like, they'll throw hate on um, LGBT cultures, but then there's so much rapist and, like, pedophilia that gets covered up in churches. It's insane. 
Yeah, like, I totally agree. Totally yeah. agree with that. And then like so much trauma that I, or against women, I can see so much of it, you know, because I'm, I'm a trans woman. So it's like, I see so much of it and it's fucking insane. I don't know if y'all cuss on here. Sorry. Yeah. But you know, it's definitely <laughs> insane. It is. I agree. I think um, because I have a, a different point of view, I can sit back and look at things and mm-hmm. agree to disagree with people. So, oh. I mean, that's that, not me anyways, because we all live different lives, you know? True story. Yeah. Like, y'all got your own lives, you know, you got your own experiences that you come from. Everybody, you know, there's so many different cultures out there. The LGBT community is just, like, so full of love for the most part. And I feel like they're closer to the to the real point of it, like, opening your heart to that love, spreading it to people. Yeah. I definitely feel like spirituality is not a one size fits all. Like definitely. these are not spandex pants. Not everybody's going to wear them. <laughs> like let it go and let everybody. I, for me, spirituality is probably the most, um, I don't want to say sacred topic, but it is. It's like a very, I don't want to say it private is. because I'm very open about it, but it's just a, a very heartfelt topic. And it's not because I agree or disagree or whatever, with anybody I just it's a very private and important part of my life but I'm okay with exploring it and sharing it with people just don't turn it into something it's not I guess is where I'm going with that yeah oh yeah by all means and the divine you know finds people all kinds of lives you know through all kinds of different lives through even the witchiness part of it and you know and I'm very gothic in in a lot of what I believe and stuff it's crazy you know how it's yeah it's been really cool with salem like salem's been listening to our podcast and more and more she's like i'm understanding why you say you're a witch oh yeah for sure i I definitely understand the the aspects of it i definitely feel like i'm a spiritual being who like i feel like i would probably be more like a chaos witch type of thing and and (laughs) portals connecting with people because like as a trans woman I, i encounter so many people from like so many different walks of life like church people you know metal people just yeah. this people that are stuck in their little cages still rednecks yeah. you know? uh, I love that you're able to talk about that and you just like make it so approachable and you're just like yeah you know it is what it is I just deal with everybody yeah. well it is quite like yeah, yeah. She, she is she's so great and I really want to have an episode where we kind of talk about like transgender and LGBTQ and Feel like how okay it is to have like a regular cis relationship oh definitely, you know what i yeah. mean like like um i actually took salem to meet my mormon dad and this is a big deal like this is a really adorable thing that like my dad loves me so much that he's like all right like this woman is so good to you <laughs> and loves you and we Aww. played yeah we were shooting hoops together <laughs> and stuff. that's awesome an amazing time that we've had yeah together. so i definitely think we're on the brink of like a really beautiful like, passing of things that that aren't of just like transcending boundaries yeah trauma. Trans- yeah and, you know, and a lot of it was just like overcoming so much trauma to realize that was a trans woman yeah yeah, so yeah he's still in denial sometimes because i mean that's the point it's hard to see out of yourself when you're a narcissist like stuck in your own little self world so you always matter more you know absolutely that's denial that so just being in denial of that kind of mindset is cutting off a part of yourself you know 
that's really unhealthy for you. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, it's, my mom is, like, I did not realize how much of a narcissist she was until, like, it just hit me. And I was like, oh, my gosh, this explains so much. Yeah, and I was listening earlier with you, and I've heard so many stories like that from friends and stuff, from people I've met. Yeah. It's, it's crazy. Like, I mean, I've been in a narcissistic relationship before. Yeah. My you last... take it with, like, you know, you're okay, I get it. But I guess you don't ever expect it to be a parent, especially because she was so good at hiding it. Oh, yeah. They, they are, though. They're, they're really good at hiding it, you know? And I think I take it, this it, one. Sometimes. Yeah. And- and like, that's what do it's yeah. where it's like they're like culturing you to love them and uh you know give them pleasure by hanging around you exactly yes them than you like for them to actually empathize and, and take a step back immediately like it's very hard for them to, yeah. to do and really quick one of my, my favorite things about our podcast is it usually starts off with a category but then it goes to like what because i always pray Oh, and yeah. set an intention. I'm like, whatever needs to be talked about to help people, like, please let us talk about this. So I'm going to put it in there because I feel like the conversation you guys are having is so important for people. Mm-hmm. So are there things you guys can kind of help identify that leads to the realization of, like, a narcissistic parent in a way that allows you to spiritually lead to time? Well, a lot of times when you're, like, I, I feel like for me, a lot of times when you're putting more out there than they're putting out, like I'm, you reach out with more love. You're you're talking nice. You're getting involved. You're invested, and you don't feel the same from them. And you feel like it's only their life, you know, where the chances that you have fun together and they might have to take out a step from their world. They find it hard to break out of their own little world, you know. Yeah. They even interact with you. And I have a daughter too, and it's like I've been listening to y'all's podcast when y'all started, and y'all talk so much about trauma and narcissism and everything, and it's just so. It was so healing today. It's so true, though, because I resonate. I feel that. I've had to, like, discover that for myself, That's you know? That's so beautiful. Catalyst! Trans <laughs> woman, I had to, like, stand up to so much of that and then overcome redefine who I was. And now come out publicly everywhere I go, everywhere I work, have my own business and construction, just be like, look, I'm Salem. This- I'm yeah. out here with y'all. Like, I'll work in the mall just to get in front of y'all, just to let y'all know, you know? Right, yeah. Uh, it's. I guess for me, because it's taken me so long to see my mother in that light. And I think a lot of it has to do with one, I would have never known this and I would have been in a worse place than I am now, had I not realized it now. So I guess what I'm saying is I've invested a lot financially into some property that we had, Um, not just financially, but emotionally and physically. And just my boyfriend and I, we did all the things. And then my mom, um, she met this guy that she had known forever ago and he came into the picture and he allowed that narcissist like you know there was a little peephole in the closet and he buddy blew that door wide open and at that point it was okay for her to totally blow her cover and that's when things really started getting out of control and I guess things started getting out of control before because I started setting boundaries and like saying, okay, my kids come first. After my kids are taken care of, then I'll do whatever you want. And that's when she started getting pissy with me. Oh, yes. That, and that's so important. I had to do the same in high school. If my dad has, had his own construction business, it, I'd be 
went to church together, so I was and rode together. So we were around each other like twenty four seven, just a lot. Right. And I had to start setting boundaries like that, where it's like, go hang out with these people. I'm gonna work over here, or do this instead, or move out. Yeah, like I guess so. When I, goodness, I was seventeen when I moved across the country. Um, oh. I left and went to Texas, and I'm like the dream. Yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah that um that helped a lot and uh, like I didn't understand why my mom and my relationship kind of disappeared I was like oh it's because I got married and did all these things for well, sure well it, yes it was because of that but it was because she lost control yeah and you had set those boundaries which allowed you to keep some sort of peace away from all that yes and then like most recently because my boyfriend and I lived on the property near her like she basically expected us to be at her beck and call and sure. there, there were things that like led up to me saying oh she's a narcissist but like I didn't see them until afterwards like she would say this all the time and it just it would make my skin crawl well I only know what I see like basically saying well I haven't seen you do anything so you're just you're just not doing anything and it's like are you kidding me like I mean, as you know, over the summer, we killed ourselves. And then, uh, like, to go home and do other things, like, I'm a narcissist. Oh, sure. Yeah. And it bleeds over into so many aspects of their lives. They're even talking, like, you know, like, politically and the way they believe, the way they treat people, the way they do different things sometimes. Yeah. Dad, being an ultra-conservative Christian, like, if I came out as trans 10 years ago, I would have faced so much hate. You know, now it's at least their understanding. It's out there in society more, so it's a little easier. But even yeah. stuff like that, just throwing so much hate on stuff that's not them. If it's, it's not the culture, not their race, not the way they were grow- taught up, you know. Yeah, it's like, I did not, under- like, I just had no clue. Like like I said, you know, I had been in a narcissistic relationship for a long time with my ex-husband. And, mm-hmm. and I didn't know he was a narcissist until like one day I knew it. And I was like, whoa, like we got a problem here. I got to get out of this. I got to get, yeah. Yeah, and I did, but with my mom, she made a comment, like, okay, so we own some property, and because I was dealing with my ex and all the things, we put the property in her name, and so everything I've invested, I'll never get out, yeah. and my mom decided, like, the the real estate market's really good right now, she's like, I want to sell, and it's like, well, what about what I want? Like, we've invested a lot, too, and this is not what we discussed, Dude, and, and she then- Pat only has kids, but horses. Mm-hmm. And there's was- different levels of narcissism. Like that one runs deep, deep, where she's just like completely prioritizing her. Yeah. One. Yeah. Going. So when no, we, uh, no, no, that was me. When we talked about like selling the property, like, you know, selling the property, I really didn't care, but like, okay, we need to have a plan. So let's get a plan together. Mm-hmm. And we sat down to discuss it. And one day she said, well, I know that I will make the best decision for everybody involved. Oh my goodness. Whoa. And I looked at her and I said, no, 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 no. Like I'm an adult. I'm grown. I might live on the property, but I also work my butt off to be here. Not just put in money, but like sweat equity too. Like you yeah. don't get to make these decisions for my family. Yeah. You're a grown adult now. No. Yes. And that's when, so amongst all these things, my mom kept telling people, well, I've taken care of all of her things for nine years. And it's like, have I never paid a bill? Have I never done any of these things? And that's when I realized it was all about control. She did these things to control me to do things for her. Yeah. Oh, sure. And that's when I just had this epiphany and I was like, oh my gosh. 
So my mom and my boyfriend got into it a little bit, just like words. And she couldn't get him on anything. And this is, this was the moment that I was like, all right, she's totally a narcissist. She could not go after him legally. So she decided she was going to file an injunction against me. And I was like, well, I've done, I wasn't even there. How, how could I have done anything? I was not even there. Whatever. Oh my goodness. Whoa. So when that happened, obviously I couldn't talk to her because of all the things. And my brother called her and he's like, dude, what the fuck? What is your problem? Why are you doing this? And she told my brother, well, I'm going after Kat because I can't go after her boyfriend. Wow. And I was like, that's to the point my mom's such a bad narcissist that we went to court because, you know, I was like, no, I'm getting an attorney and I'm doing this the right way. So I got an attorney and my attorney had offered her a no contact order. So like, we just couldn't talk that best, best solution ever. Mm -hmm. She refused it. And she's like, no, we're just going to go to trial. My attorney's like, okay, like dumb, but we'll do it. And she's screaming <laughs> at him in the courthouse. Well, the judge said some things she didn't like. And he's like, look, all of this, there shouldn't be any paperwork on your daughter. She didn't do anything. If anything, like you goaded her, you were in the wrong. Like yeah. you're doing all these things wrong. It's and she screams, <laughs> screams at the judge, but they have guns. And the judge, like, you had, you could tell he had to stop for a second. And he was like, um, so do I. It's not illegal. And he, <laughs> yes. he scolded my mom in the courtroom and was like, this is disappointing. You only want your daughter off the property so you can sell it. Like, this is your own child. This should not happen. But, of course, you know, my mom took it and totally went the other way with it. But that was a little bit of, I can't say satisfaction just like when I left the courtroom my attorney's like what's wrong and I'm like she's lied like she's telling the judge lies and uh, I just cannot understand how she is lying and he's like look she's a narcissist she probably believes her own lies yeah no definitely they definitely do and they can't see outside of their perspective on it you know I think something that they've that they lack they lack the ability they really empathize they're not empathizers like like I am and like y'all are, you know? I just, like, even my whole childhood, like my whole childhood was spent doing what my mom wanted to do. Like, mm-hmm. I pursued the horse thing. And not, don't get me wrong, I love horses and it, it has become my passion. Yeah. But it wasn't awesome. because it's what I wanted, it's because it's what my mom wanted. And like, yeah. to the point where I did 4-H and FFA and I had the high score of all these, like, all these things, horse judging and apology and all these things, because it's what my mom wanted. And as a little kid, I just wanted my mom to say, Hey, good job. That never happened. And amongst all of this, um, my mom's boyfriend's screaming obscenities and my aunt's screaming obscenities. And I stopped and I just took a deep breath and I looked at my mom and I said, mom, that's the difference between you and me. I'm a real parent because nobody on this earth would speak that way about my children in front of me because I would kill them. Oh yeah, 100%. Like, 100%. I don't care if my my kids would... My Pat, kids, I am proud of you and you're doing a great job. You're doing amazing. That's, you're that's doing how you amazing. should. My, my kids are like, I'm pretty sure the girls are going to go to prison for something like stabbing, but it's okay. <laughs> we'll get a good defense attorney. But like, I don't care if my kids killed somebody. Those are my kids and my job as a mother 
is yeah. to oh. stand just, up for them and love them no matter what they do. Oh, so <laughs> much so. Like, I'm not going to let anything, like, mess with my daughter. Yeah. I'll be so quick. And that's the thing. We, we as parents, we wouldn't ever treat our kids that way. You know? No. We make excuses for our parents to treat us that way. And it, it, it blows me away. Like, having his talk to me with me about this, you know, after we had met. And I was just talking about my dad. And it's like, you're right, though. I mean, I would never treat my daughter this way. Never. I want her to have the best in life, you know? Yeah. Like, for all the love in the world and keep her safe from trauma. Yeah. So my mom would always say, and I tell my mom, like, look, you know, I got to go in the house. Like, I, I understand you want to go do this, but like, okay, I have three kids to feed. They need baths. We have homework to do. And she would say, well, it's not just you, but like basically, you know, cutting down my boyfriend. Right. And I was like, you're right. It's not just me, but it's also on the flip side. It's not just him. You know, two of the three children are mine. They're not his. They're my responsibility. And yeah. I'm grateful that he helps with them, but he doesn't have to. No, he doesn't. So, no, I need to go take care of my kids. Mm-hmm. And when I started doing that, that's when it started. But she would say, well, I did it. I was, you know, I was pretty much a single parent, which is not true. I have a wonderful stepdad who my mom really hurt his and my relationship. But, like, it got me thinking back. Like, when I was a kid, my homework just wouldn't get done. Or I'd get screamed at by my mom and my stepdad for not doing my homework. But because my mom had me doing all these things for her. And my mom's big philosophy was animals come first. Like you have to take care of them first. So I, I believe that. And then within the last six months, I was like, whoa, whoa, whoa. My kids come first, period. Those yeah. horses can wait 45 minutes until my kids eat and take a bath. My kids come first. And then I'll take care of the animals. Exactly. You After can, my kids. They look to you as their protector, as their you know, example of how to love and how to live in this world. And so many people don't break that cycle from the trauma they had when they were kids. But, you know, it's important to do that and to just to show that love and to be there there for your kid. No yeah, matter- and like, my mom, she missed so many things in my life because I was not a priority. And yeah. I will be damned if my kids are not going to be a priority. Like, they are my number one priority, period. Period. So, <laughs> when... When yeah. my mom got pissed off about that, that's when I was like, you know what? That's, that's the difference. I am selfless. Like my kids come first, no matter what. Exactly. How dare you try to make me feel guilty because I didn't go help you do this because I was in doing homework with my 11 year old. No, that's very important that you, that you're there for him like that. So many kids might grow out, grow up without that in their lives. And it's very important to be for them. Like, well, and like, yeah, like, I mean, but think about when you're doing homework. Like with my 11-year-old, we talk about all kinds of things. And sometimes it's things like, okay, well, there was a kid in my class and she said somebody did this and this is how we handle that situation. Or it might be talking about boys or whatever. Like, okay, yeah, that's well, so-and-so stole $5 from their mom. But we talk about so many life lessons while we're doing homework. Yeah. It's not just homework. Like, or even when my boyfriend sits down with her and he spends a lot of time doing homework with her. But, like, it's always, there's a bigger picture behind it. It's not just homework. And that, to me, is so important. Or even, like, if her and I are cooking dinner or whatever, or sitting in the floor playing with the three-year-old and the 18-month-old, like, those are those are priorities. They are. They're shared memories, you know. They're, them kids are going to remember that the rest of their lives, that beautiful, yeah. their mom, you know. And it's that's sweet. That's how it should be. Just when, time well, to go. I told my mom, I said, you know, I can't tell you when the last time you told me you were proud of me. 
or just say, hey, good job. I said, you know, my stepdad, I'm in my 30s. My stepdad the other day said, you know, I'm proud of for you for handling the situation the way you are. And I, I just broke down in tears because oh. I was like, I haven't heard that. The last time I heard that is when I won some big equestrian competition from my mom. Yeah. yeah. And I was a kid. That's the only time my mom ever told me she was proud of me. So to hear I'm that proud. from my stepdad, I was like, proud oh my you God. Killing it. Yeah, you're, you're killing, you're it, killing it. it. I'm proud girl. of you. I only got one. <laughs> you're killing it, girl. So, like, I... I used to think that I needed a relationship with my mom. And now I'm just like, fuck that. Like, I don't need that, that negativity in my life. No, don't let her, don't let her rob your peace. Like my dad and parents, but like, I'm not going to let it rob me of my peace in my life. So along with just all the other crap that is going on with my mom, my mom took three courses that don't belong to her. Um, and I confronted her about returning them. And she's like, well, they're mine and I'm not sending them back. And if you make me give them back, I'll never talk to you again. And I'm like, promise? Like, this sounded better and better. <laughs> so yeah. she sent me a message today to ask if I had um, gotten everything out of my house. And my reply was, we were out before the eviction date we were given. Um, I mailed you the keys. I have paid for somebody to replace the window that you broke. And I have somebody coming in to finish cleaning up because we just ran out of time. However, that all falls on you to make contact with those people because you're the landlord and I'm not there. So I've already prepaid everything. It's your responsibility to follow up. Yeah. And then my next question was, when will you be returning the horses? She's like, well, I told you I won't be back in town till February 14th. And then wants to like start having a conversation with me. And finally... I just, my last reply was, you seem to think this is a conversation. I'm sorry, but I have nothing to say to you. Good for you. After you return the horses, I will never speak to you again. After that, she hasn't said anything back, but it's like, how dare you? Yeah. Mm -hmm. I'm so proud of you, Kat, too. Like, you have been through the fucking ringer and that. Dude. Oh, yeah. And you still have so much to process, you know, in the future about all this, you know, so you got to take that time for yourself and just have that no contact. Yeah. Um, yeah. I think like I look back and I like, so I struggle with a lot of things. Like I was diagnosed as a young adult um, with autism, obviously very high functioning, but at the same time, like I look back and I blame my mom for not catching it, not taking care of it. So there's a lot of things and just like, you know, like standard things that you're supposed to have a relationship with your mom about get self-love and body image and like all these things that are so important to a child that I never got. So I look back at my mom and I'm like, you know, like you failed me. How dare you like say what you've done for me because you failed your job as a parent. But instead of like hating her for that and at this, like with all this going on, so like I would go you know okay this is the icing on the cake like it can't get worse than this and then the phone would ring and it's the sheriff's department and she's trying to report my vehicle stolen and I'm like but she can't because it's not in her name it's in our name and like after that that's when she's like oh you stole okay this is her story I broke into her house I stole the title 
I forged her signature. I got the truck re-registered, and then I put the old title back in her house, and I'm like, you can't what? do that. <laughs> but okay, okay, we'll play your game. Um, what on right now? Like, she needs to, like, pass that shit around. Like, yeah. She tripped in big time. <laughs> yeah, so, like, uh, and that was, like, I was so angry because she gave me the title for it in front of, like, 12 people. Oh, my goodness. Okay, so she can't even say that. Wow. Have when I confront, witnesses. Yeah, when I confront her about things, she's like, oh, no, you you don't know. And I'm like, what? So every time I'm like, it just can't get worse. It can't get worse. This is as bad as it can get, right? Something yeah. else happens. And then you're like, all right, dude, like, universe, you, I'm up to my knees and bullshit. I can't take any more. Oh, and it seems and then, like she's not even aware. You've heard yeah. And then so something like, else happens, and it's like, oh, my gosh. And it only gets worse sometimes with those people because they only ask for more, do more, see what else they can get away with. You know, it's not right. Yeah, it's I mean, I told her, I said, you're under the impression that that we're going to have a conversation. There's no conversation. We're done. That's that's (laughs) great. If she has anything to say, I'm sure she will. Uh, Well, now, because I was curious, uh, (laughs) she hasn't said anything back. So, yeah, she. And, yeah, I'll, I'll just read you what I said to her because it was like, yeah. oh, fuck you. She sent me, you know, well, we'll be back on the 14th. It'll be after that. And I just said, you seem to be under the impression that we're having a conversation. I have nothing left to say to you. I said, you've made it very clear that neither myself nor children are welcome in your life. And I will completely abide by those wishes. I wish you and Kenny, which is her boyfriend, the best, other than returning the horses, once that, once that is done, there's nothing left to be said. So, good for you. Yeah, and I just said, uh, you know, I'll never speak to you again, oh ever, and left it at that. Oh, and yeah. I was like, yeah, you know, like I, that was a little bit empowering to just kind of give her a good go fuck you. <laughs> so so proud of you. You know, I'm just so proud of that. That's so yeah. amazing. That's yeah. like the stand you have to take. Like if you're dealing with a narcissist in your life and you and you start to see signs, you got to start setting those boundaries. And if they're full blown, they could be full blown like this, and you just don't even know yet. You just got to yeah. get that peace. So yeah, and get I that. don't. I don't understand how I missed it, and I guess just because you know I was a kid and didn't know. We're all human. There's so much I don't even realize still. Yeah, but. I'm like, now it's like, okay, I need some therapy, which I'm really not a fan of therapy. I think everybody knows that, but yeah, yeah. I, I need something. But you go, just... and that's yeah. like, my roommate came into our apartment with a shirt that said therapy is not a bad word. Yeah. Yes. I really like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, and I'm sure my experience with therapy was just the therapist and I take things like too into context, I think like. Sometimes I feel like people don't get to have opinions about certain things. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And then instead of saying, hey, like, you need to tone it down, I'm just like, fuck you, man. <laughs> <laughs> so that's just I where I go it. with oh, it. So. Girl. Uh, goodness. <laughs> oh, shit. <laughs> well, you know, I don't think we talk too much about astrology, but I think we're going to have a good podcast. If I mean, not, yeah. then we're, we're talking just... about fire signs and then water Yeah. Signs. It was a good vent session. Yeah. <laughs> and I think ultimately, like, I, I I set the intention and I prayed, Kat, that, like, whatever needs to be talked about is talked about. No doubt in my mind how many people you will help. I mean, even it was really beautiful. So 
like Salem went and she had a roofing job today. She listened to like half of our podcast and she kept bringing it up. Um, one really cute thing. So um, I was going to text you, but I'll say it. I think it'd be really great next week to have Salem as a guest to talk about. Well, it's like Valentine's Day and not only our love story, but about like spirituality and the LGBTQ plus community and things like that, or just sexuality, maybe. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I'm game for whatever. Yeah, you know exactly. <laughs> but she talked about, she's like, so I listened to your podcast and do you remember that episode we talked about the fucking 10 of cups in June? Yes. Yeah. Episode four, she says. Yeah, and it was really cool because um, I was talking about, I was like, yeah, there were two people under a rainbow flag and things like that. And, um, like, so I set my intention for Capricorn New Moon. I And I have it written in Sharpie. And I was like, I just want somebody. Like, I want my divine partner. It shouldn't be that hard. I don't know what happened. Like, I got kind of feisty with spirit. And then on full moon... I was driving out to Interlock and I drove past the university club and I just had this intense feeling and I was like, there's something there. So I like pulled around and that's the night I met Salem. So it's really, really beautiful. And I'm really, really grateful for you. Like, I, I think that you guys talk about something that is so needed for people. And I'm so grateful. Like, Fuck astrology when it comes... Well, I mean, not fuck astrology. <laughs> but, like, when it comes to narcissistic parents, you guys have healed so many people. You have healed so many people. And one thing Salem talked about is she was like, look, I was fangirling the whole time, and it didn't even matter if I was your girlfriend. Like, you really, really... You and Kat really helped me heal. And that's yeah. so beautiful. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. So much. So I was going through so many episodes, just having to keep replaying. And I'm like, and I just resonates within me, you know. Oh, that's awesome. I'm glad that our ramblings just aren't ramblings. They're actually doing things. Really yeah. Well. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right, love. Okay. So next, next episode. Yeah. Talking about that. And then yeah i love you dearly let me know if you need anything let salem know salem's really really talented when it comes to like house renovations i'm really talented when it comes to emotional support well, thank you <laughs> i have to take both y'all up on that offer I got this yeah. Y'all need to yeah y'all need to get on twitter so like, yeah we'll be on twitter soon yeah because i prayed for that too for spirit i'm like dude i really feel called to have like a like someone to help with social media and things like that and yeah really great awesome all right all right love i will talk to you later all right we'll talk next week okay bye bye